It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Postcast. David Locke along with Ron Boone here on Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network after the Jazz fall to the Miami Heat. Final score 111 110. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. There's a lot of controversy late. We're going to do that last. Uh, Quinn Snyder in his press conference just said, We didn't deserve to win. Miami outplayed us. Do you agree with that? I think they played harder. Uh, they played desperate. Uh, I thought the Jazz was kind of relaxed, especially uh, in that second quarter when they when they had to go to the bench. Uh, but you could just see that the Miami Heat was more aggressive with the basketball and, and, and more aggressive uh, in, trying to get to the basket. So I made the comment numerous times on the broadcast that I was just kind of wowed by how hard Miami was playing. I, I'm not sure that I thought the Jazz, Quinn said he thought the Jazz came out soft and relaxed, as, and you just said relaxed. So I that, that is probably accurate if the two of you are both saying it. I was more just kind of awed by every loose ball, every rebound. McRoberts misses, shot goes after. Tyler Johnson misses, shot goes after. Ball, they, they just made every play of that sort. And it took me back to a moment the other night where George Hill made a play, and you pointed out, like, that was a great play to stay with that. And I said, you know, it's one that if you don't make, you don't even notice, right? And, and I think that's where, you know, Miami deserves a lot of credit, and you just, you know, some of our guys just weren't, weren't making those kind of plays. Well, you can just tell by uh, that Miami, for the most part, looked like they wanted the basketball game a little bit more than the Jazz. They knew that you, the style that they had to play in order to win was to be aggressive like that. Then you got a couple of guys come off the bench that's been hot as of late Johnson and, and Ellington, who's been shooting the basketball so well. The big difference in, with aggressive teams. Uh, usually there's a lot of fouls, but th- there was no fouls tonight. Miami just didn't even get into foul trouble. So it, w- it was they were the aggressor. They were getting the job done. The Jazz didn't respond. Jazz did not force many turnovers tonight, only six. That's the one thing that even if you play good defense, if you only allow six, four or six turnovers. But the thing is the Jazz didn't play good defense tonight. Their defensive rating tonight was a 130. And what's interesting about this, Ron, is in the win streak – the last two games, they didn't play great defense. Remember, they played, they outscored people offensively. So this was maybe a culmination of some George Hill not being there, Rodney not being there, being short on some talent as well. But they, they got against the 27th-ranked offensive team in the league, they got really exposed defensively. Well, and I also, David, I thought the guard line was the aggressor, is what we were talking about being aggressive. But I thought the guard line there uh, with Drozic and, and, and Johnson, both left-handers, were, were just so good off the dribble. They created a lot of, a lot of problems. And, and without the Jazz being having their guard line, at least their starting, their starting guards, you know, it, it created a lot of problems. Miami wanted this basketball game. The Jazz were able to su- survive in an area that uh, we haven't seen all season long, and that's shooting the three-point shot. They were just 
They just what a new career high. Franchise history, points. franchise record, 17 threes tonight. Yeah, and look at the attempts. I mean, they ended up with uh, 30 attempts. I think we've had more than that. But it, it's uh, one of those basketball games that you can look back and you can look at the stat sheet. You can look, create moments that were out there on the floor and say that if, coulda, woulda, shoulda. But in the bottom line is Quinn was had it right. They wanted it a little bit more than the Jazz. Jazz do hit 17 of 33s. They get double figures off the bench from Trey Lyles, Shelvin Mack, and Joe Ingles. Uh, you know, early on, they really struggled. The, they weren't guarding Boris Diaw. They weren't guarding Dante Exum. Neither of them could make it, them pay. The two of them combined to go one of ten from the floor tonight. Well, that hurts. You know, anytime you have a, uh, an opportunity and a smart coach like Eric Spolstra to put your defense together knowing that these two guys aren't going to kill us. You know, we're going to make these guys beat us, and, and neither one of those guys are capable of having a big night right now. So it, it was like five on three as far as the, their, the defense was concerned. Let's go back to the defense on Dragic. He got a bunch of wide-open straight-line drives early in the first half when Dante was guarding him. Then he was weaving back and forth. What was the guard line's problem guarding Goran Dragic? You know, this is a problem that they had last year, You mean, and Quinn wants to force a certain way. He's not saying he's not saying overplay a certain way and give them a beeline straight to the basket. You overplay, you want to send them diagonal to the to the to the sidelines some kind of way, and, or into traffic, or into your into the teeth of the defense. But Dante's problem sometimes he gets up too high, and he, and and you give a left hander like Drazic that kind of room, he's going straight to the basket. And he's going to create some problems. Gordon Hayward has a 32 tonight. He really carried the offense for most of the night. He goes 12 of 27. Or 12 of 22, excuse me, for 32 points, but he does miss two shots late. He had a good look three that he missed, and he missed the shot at the horn. Do you remember those two shots or his all around performance, or what's your view on his game? Well, I think we're all going to miss, going to remember the two shots he missed, especially that three, uncontested three, looking straight down the barrel was a little long. Uh, but the, the game, the, the shot to win it was contested a little bit, and I think. When you have to double clutch, that means you saw something over your left shoulder, over your right shoulder, and you thought that the book shot was going to get blocked or something like that. So, uh, But you also look at the performance that he had tonight. But once with the performance that he had, the Jazz wouldn't even be close. James Johnson for the Heat's a wild card. He's been a great athlete his whole career. He just bounces from every team, kind of lasts a year or two everywhere he is, and then moves on. He had 24 for them uh, off the bench, 11 of 15 shooting. Uh, he was a huge difference. Trey Lyles may have a shot back. He went 4 of 4 from 3. Positive. Joe Johnson was great tonight with 18 points and 32 minutes for the shorthanded uh, Jazz. Now let's get to the end of the game. Uh, I am in, was insistent on the air that at one point, we came out of a timeout, and I said there's a, that there's 13.2 seconds on the game clock and 8 seconds on the shot clock, that there's a 5-second separation. Now, the official box has the rebound by Tyler Johnson at 27.9 seconds, and so the Jazz would have the correct time at 3.9 seconds, 24 seconds later, if, in fact, it's a shot clock violation. But that doesn't match to what was on the clock, and I can't figure out how it is. So I have no idea what's right here. Um, But I'm a little lost, and I've requested a pool reporter to ask the officials. I don't know if that request will be... Uh, requested or accepted, I don't know, on either end, uh, why they wouldn't at least check the shot clock? You, know, you would think that if you asked for something like that, 
in a in a situation like what was going on out there on the floor that you would get it. I mean, it's not that hard to go over to the scores table and and uh, and check something like that. Obviously, they thought that they were right, and and was no reason to go over and check it. Which, now, if the official the, score says twenty seven point nine, maybe they did get a check and it was right. Well, and, and it could be as well, David. Is that that twenty seven point nine? Maybe it was twenty seven closer to the 27.8 than it was the 27.9 or 27.10. You understand what I mean? It yeah. wasn't a solid 27.9. Maybe it was 27 point almost Eight, 20. Six. Yeah, something like that. I that, uh, have to play yeah. around with the math and try to figure out if that's, um, it, you know, so that would that would scrape off .4 and maybe you do get down to the 3.9. Uh, Dennis Lindsay came out on the floor, asked for it out. Jensen went out to the officials and they, they didn't uh, ever check it, but uh, maybe, you know, the official score sheet says it's right. So on the last two-minute report, uh, it won't come out as right. And there was, um, you know, Miami to the theme of the night. I think there's also a video of Tyler Johnson just grabbing and bear-hugging Joe Johnson on the final play for the rebound. But that, to me, sums up a little bit of the fi- Like, Miami just took every last effort they possibly could to win the game. And... That's illegal, and it's never called. Well, we're always going to be looking at those last few seconds of a basketball game, and, and you could obviously there were some some plays out there that should have been the whistle should have been blown. Um, and you hear people say they got, they're going to make that call in that situation, and that always irks me. That bothers me. You know, you, you you call what's going on out there on the floor. It's not up to you, the official. To not to decide on what to call and what not to call in a situation like that. Missing three of your five starters, four of your rotation players is extreme, but on the other level in this league, you've got to learn to win games with injuries. And this is what this team's built for. They didn't do it tonight. Breaks the four-game win streak. That is postcast. David Locke with Ron Boone on the Jazz, on Locked On Jazz, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rejecting the screen has been retweeted by Kobe, Dame Lillard, and Vince Carter, so it's fair to say you should give it a shot. I'm Noah Kozlov. And I'm Adam Stanko. Rejecting the screen hits your feed every Tuesday and Thursday. On Tuesday, we talk hoops and a little bit of life. On Thursday, we go ISO with a guest. Stories from anyone and everyone who has touched the NBA with tales we promise you've never heard before. Find Rejecting the Screen right now wherever you get podcasts and hit that subscribe button.